With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Batter up. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to A Pot of Their Own. This is episode 90 of A Pot of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by my lovely co-host, Linda Surovich. Hi, Linda. Hey, Allison. And Maggie Wigan. Hello, Maggie. Hi, Allison. So (laughs) this episode of the podcast is not going to be a very cheerful one from a Mets perspective um, because like everything is falling apart again. Um, The Mets are getting guys back from the injured list. They have been in, in droves almost, or at least it feels like droves after they didn't get anyone back for like weeks, months on end. Um, Like, they avoided yet another close call with Jacob deGrom. He, he exited his, like, not his most recent start, but his start before that early again with yet another unconnected issue to his previous issues. He was visibly frustrated after the post-game presser saying, like, I don't understand why this keeps happening, but, like, th- these things are minor. I'm fine. Um, and, I mean, he showed that by pitching five scoreless innings again uh, in his start yesterday, so it should be okay. Um, also his ERA is 0.50 now. So there's that. Um, it's time to turn up the difficulty level. Yeah. He's yeah. been playing this on beginner Uneasy. for way too long. Way too long. Also, it's they checked him time. for foreign substances and he obviously did not have any. Um, but we'll get to more of that on that later. Um, G- Luis Guillorme is back from the injured list. Albert yeah. Almora is back from the injured list. Um, Jeff McNeil is back from the injured list. And Conforto will likely be back tomorrow. Um, and Nimmo soon after that. So, like, they're getting players back. And- JD in like two weeks. And JD in like two weeks. <laughs> Don't which forget we learned- about JD. <laughs> Late breaking. I think we learned that like a few hours ago. So like- well, I do want to add because it is so messy that the reason Conforto wasn't activated mm-hmm. today is because he's awaiting a negative COVID test out of an abundance of caution because so-called they Syracuse Mets have a COVID situation. Yep. Good job. So not getting fine. to uh, 85% vaccination Mets. Awesome. Awesome work. Yep. Yeah. Like it's so not like you need players or anything. Like that's cool. Yeah, it's not like announcement of teams, and I'm just like Mets. Nope, fine. Nope. Okay, okay. It's not. And yeah, yeah, not like you're you're constantly needing to call up players from AAA or anything, and it's actually affecting the big league club or anything like that. Um, so it's it like on the surface, it's like, oh great, all these guys are coming back. Like this is awesome. But like they're dropping as fast as they're coming back, and and the problem is is that the guys are coming that are coming back are position players, which is awesome because that's been the more dire situation for the most part. But now it's but kind of flipped anymore. the other side this the pitching situation is now ooh like like i don't know threat level red like this is getting to be really really bad um i mean before even before tonight so we'll talk about tonight in a minute um like literally right before we started recording it got yet even worse um but before tonight we had robert gazelman tear his lat joey lucchese probably needs tommy john surgery although he's i think he definitely needs it yeah. yeah oh he definitely needs it cool. yeah he's getting yeah, it thursday All right. He's getting Tommy John surgery. I mean, that seemed like it was the case, but he like was getting a second opinion, which I guess he got. Um, It's completely torn. They said, yeah, I was going to say, I think the technical definition was that the crap was torn out of his UCL. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I was going to adopt him as my new man's look what happened. It's it's all borked as we say in the industry. (laughs) Um, So yeah, Joey Lucchese getting Tommy John surgery. So his season is over um and was pitching well he was pitching yeah he was starting to pitch well like he he still wasn't going you know deep into games but he was giving the Mets you know four or five scoreless innings one run innings etc he was starting to 
settle into a groove. He was, and he was like cemented as the fifth starter. They had nobody else. And so uh, poor Joey Lucchese. I feel really bad for him. Um, it's heartbreaking. And uh, yeah. Jerry's familia also in the bullpen has a hip impingement unclear how long he'll be out for. Like, obviously Lucchese clearly out for the year. Gazelman's injury also very serious, possibly season ending um, familia less clear how long he'll be sidelined with that. Um, and then we've got a couple of guys that are sort of banged up, but not yet on the injured list. Um, we've got Jonathan VR, who's not in the starting lineup today. He came out of the game yesterday with some calf tightness, unclear if that will cause an IL stint, unclear if Tomas Nito will require stint on the IL after being struck with a pitch in like the wrist. It was like the wrist. Yeah. I can't forearm. believe he's not on the IL. I have a feeling they're waiting to have him for Conforto. On that, um, the replay on that, I swear it looked like his arm vibrated. Yes, it did. It like bent. It was like, I don't think your bones are supposed to do that. I felt pain just watching that. Like, it was ugly. And the way, like, and, you know, I mean, his x-rays were negative, they say. So, like, that (laughs) is, that's miraculous. But, like, the way, it's, it's very, like, when you see enough of these, sadly, and hit by pitches are on the rise uh, uh, as as you know <laughs> the sticky stuff is being eliminated and also you know just pitchers are throwing harder and with less control in general um sticky stuff or not hit by pitches are on the rise and like having seen a lot of these you kind of know the difference between ones that are bad and ones that are not bad and like needles look instantly bad like the way he hung his arm like yeah it yes. just to me looked very broken right away. Like he just like his arm like flopped down Speaking like a Jeff noodle. McNeil just got hit by a pitch. Oh Jesus Christ! Is it, it like it, it his things though? Yeah, it's like what McNeil thought. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, Nito's arm like flopped like a noodle and then he like couldn't close his fingers for like a few minutes. He finally could, which is why he stayed in the game for just to run. And then they took him out. But like, I don't know, man. I mean, his x-rays are negative. Hopefully he avoided like maybe he has like a hairline something that you can't catch on the initial x-ray. But like it, if his bro- if his bone was like fully broken in half, they would have seen it. Um, So at least he avoided Does a catcher that. really need his wrist anyway? Yeah, I mean, just catch with the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> you only need one. You only need one. Throw with the other. <laughs> you only need one. Just I mean, there have been one arm, like one armed catchers. Yeah, there has been. We just flipped the glove on the yep. other arm. Yep. Wasn't there? Wasn't there a very prominent? Was he a college player? Yes. Who had who had one arm and he was a catcher and he was like amazing. He would just like f- like stand up and like flip the ball up to his to his arm. And then he would just he throw so guys seamlessly out. Yeah, too. it was pretty incredible. I, I should look up the video of that. That was that was amazing. Um, anyway, Nito can just do that very easy, obviously. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we've got a couple guys banged up that unclear whether they'll hit the IL. I mean, worth noting um, that one of the guys they called up today to sort of replenish the team was Patrick Mazika, who's technically a catcher. Um, so they're, they have three technically active catchers on the team right now, but they did that for a time when both Nito and McCann were healthy. So who knows? It may just, I mean, like the Mets have nobody else really. So like Patrick Mazika is one of the best players they have available anyway. So it might just be because of that, but. This team could use some walk-off fielder's choice. Yeah. yeah. We, we whatever some... run scoring plays they got in the tank. And if there's anything we know Patrick Mazika knows how to do, it's hit into a run scoring fielder's choice. Yes. We He's need that very that. specifically right now. Um, so, yeah, all of that happened. And, oh, oh, listener, it gets worse. <laughs> Today, um... After the first inning, in the second inning, Marcus Stroman came out of the game with some sort of hip soreness. Like his hip, you could tell he was not comfortable out there. He started like flexing his hip, trying to stretch it out. They had a meeting on the mound, which lasted a very long time as Stroman threw like warm up pitches in between to try to convince them I'm fine, really. And James McCann was like, bro, you can't possibly do this. And so like he had to be talked out of pitching because I think and like Gary... Keith and Ron said this on the broadcast. They said, like, you know, if this were an ordinary circumstance, he would have been out of the game instantly. It's just the fact that the Mets have literally nobody to pitch 
that he's still in the game because Gazelman, their long man hurt is already hurt. And Sean Reed Foley has already pitched many innings. Like he, he's not available. And they had a double header yesterday and they had a double header yesterday. So it's like, they literally have no one. So like, then, you know, Yenzi Diaz comes out and loads the bases and somehow gets out of it, which is incredible. Um, he did not get out of it in the next inning. Yes, unfortunately. Unfortunately, no. And don't um, they have another doubleheader coming up? Or did I yes. just yes. press myself into that belief? No, they do. Okay. <laughs> gets the right. They absolutely they. do. It's on Friday, right? It's great. We love it. It's great. They have, and like, literally, they still don't have an announced starting pitcher for tomorrow's game. To either. be fair, neither have the Braves. Neither have the Braves. I mean, the Braves have also had a last minute pitching injury Issue. come up. Yeah. So Max Freed is once again on the injured list, which is not good for them. Um, so it's uh TBD versus TBD tomorrow. Uh, really exciting pitching matchup. We got going the Mets. <laughs> um, the Mets have a, what seems like a likely pencil in guy. They just picked up Robert stock off waivers. Um, stock has been optioned. Stock, <laughs> stock has been optioned. Uh, stock has been optioned to triple a um after his acquisition but i imagine they'll be calling him up for wednesday's game um yeah and i mean if y'all saw robert stock pitch against the mets the last time uh it was not it was not pretty so that's that's the level of pitcher that we're getting at this point guys who are on I favor was wire. okay he was okay he was he okay surprise yeah but they, they need somebody else else yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> it's not Icoff's turn again yet like desperate for jared Icoff's turn in the rotation oh god oh. Um, when is uh, when is Degrom's throw day? Just out of just out yeah, of curiosity, as a treat. <laughs> I just like like I what mean, if we just tell theory? him it's a bullpen session and like hang up a sheet or something around so he doesn't really see. Like I mean, it's I we obviously don't know how how serious this issue is with Strowman. It could just be like his hip tightened up on him. He's fine. Kind of like the various DeGrom things that have happened. It's, you know, a minor thing. He'll he'll be okay when he has his throw day and he'll declare himself good to go. Or it could be bad. And I if it's bad, then like I don't know, like people were crapping on me in Amazing Avenue Slack for saying this, but like if if Strowman's like hurt, hurt, I, I, I don't see how this like how the season's not over. Like I know they're in first place still. I get it. I understand conceptually the NL East is really bad, but like there comes a point where it's too many injuries to sustain. And we're, I think we're if, getting if real Strowman close. is gonna miss real time, then I think what it really comes down to is how soon can they convince any other team to trade starting pitching. Yeah. You know, and it's still, it's a solid like five weeks before the, the trading before deadline. That's pretty early, but not like insanely early. And I feel like ultimately they could probably hang in there if they could get, you know, and when I say hang in there, I don't mean like win a bunch of games, but I mean like not be out of it within a few weeks. So if they can get someone like, around the all-star break that's i feel like that's still that that would keep them in the game but it is it's a lot of ifs well yeah so the issue too is teams know they're desperate so they can ask for anything at this point it's like okay you want you know just use herman marquez as an example give me ronnie mauricio give me and, baby. And more yeah yeah like, herman marquez has years of team control that's a guy that's gonna cost that's not a rental that's gonna cost no. more than ronnie yeah. mauricio and we're at the point where i mean like i am always in favor of trying and by and when i say i think the season is over with the cur- like the current crop if if stroman's injury is serious with the current crop of people they have right now, with the injuries they have right now, I find it hard for them to stay above water if they do not do something immediately or like, you know, by a couple, a few weeks from now. But like... Yeah, the rotation is currently DeGrom, Walker, Eichhoff, Robert Stock, and TBD. Me saying that does not mean that I think they should punt the season. They should not. They should try to salvage this season. They should try very hard. I am always in favor of trying. But 
the problem is, is that it's going to cost and it's, and Mets fans are not going to be happy with the, with, with the amount that a good pitcher will cost. Like, like people keep throwing around, like you want Berrios? Oh, you want Berrios? It's going to cost like three of the prospects that are in the, like, and at least one of that, like untouchable tier. Yeah. Like we guys that have team control. This, yeah, how Mets their best better bet would their probably prospects. the best bet would probably be to target like not not exactly like Scherzer because he's so good, but someone like Scherzer who is getting paid a lot and is you know really like a true rental end of the season, you know, leaving at the end of the season because then the Mets like are in a position to absorb some cash and. You know, a team uh, now that we're in an era where, you know, the the flag that flies is who had the lowest payroll at the end of the season. Like teams do want to shed that payroll and get what they can for it. And I feel like the market for rental players, you know, for that reason has continued to get worse and worse. uh, And they might have not the worst time prying away one of those type players again not like not like next week but you know three weeks from now things start to come together a little more I think it's possible right and I think I mean like then you're looking at like Linda mentioned Madison Bumgarner like that's the tier you're looking at which yeah is fine if you're replacing Joey Lucchese only but then when you're like talking about you know Stroman being sidelined for a long time that you need you need someone better than that in addition and like that's the problem that you start to run into if you're just trying to get a fifth starter on a rental you can do that that's a that's a like hole you can patch but if if you're trying to like replace stroman's production that's a number two number one starter you're looking at here and they're like those are not a dime a dozen like then you're looking at you kind of have to try to trade for someone like barrios and that's like not i mean you know they can do it. They they have the pieces, but that fans are not going to be happy with how much they'll have to empty the farm to do it. And I mean, I would be in favor of it. I saw, I think SNY floated a Barrios trade proposal. Oh, yeah. that was like Mauricio, JT, Ginn, and uh, Jumbo uh, Santos. Santos and yeah. Santos. And I was like, I'm driving them to the airport. I'm sorry. Like I, I'm yeah, doing it Barrios today. Is- got another year doesn't he yes he's got one more year of team control i mean like he's not he's not stroman good but he's like a mid rotation starter (laughs) well that's the problem like the teams that you have to target are the teams out of it and they're out of it for a reason like even the like the bad teams have very few good players right they're bad for a reason so even like you're, you're not going to find... bark up the Orioles tree for starting pitching because no. <laughs> their pitching is historically you want bad. Matt Harvey back. <laughs> yeah, like if we want Matt Harvey back, I'm sure that the Orioles will take you know whatever low level prospect we will give them for Matt Harvey. I am sure is they means will. Means still hurt. Uh, means is still hurt. Yes, oh, means okay. is still hurt. I will give the Orioles an extremely enthusiastic thumbs up for Matt Harvey. Yes. <laughs> Uh, a please, sir. <laughs> one please, sir. May we have hey. one slightly used Matt Harvey? Uh, oh, I made God. a very fair trade offer to the Rockies. I offered them three innings of Jacob Degrom, and let's say a random game in July, maybe mid July, where maybe some other All Stars are in attendance in exchange for Herman Marquez. You get three innings of Jacob Degrom. I think that's a fair trade. Seems fair. Like, come on, at least consider it. Please, 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 I'm please begging. Ha- yeah, I mean, the Orioles have like, yeah, John Means is hurt still. There's Matt Harvey, number two starter, Matt Harvey. Um, and Bruce, Wait, is he seriously their number two starter? He was. I mean, like, oh, I don't Lord. think he, I don't think he is anymore, like, given how poorly he's pitched. But like, going into the Whoa. season, he was their number two starter. Um, and I mean, there, the, but obviously Bruce Zimmerman has pitched much better than Matt Harvey. Um, and he has, he is now, I would say like the quote ace of their staff in absence of John means, but like, he's, you know, he's like a, not a rookie, but he's got like many years of team control. So they are not surrendering that for yeah, He's not gone anywhere. Um, so, you know, it's just. Do the Pirates not. have anybody? <laughs> I don't even know. 
the pirates are really bad i can't name a pirate starting pitcher at this time <laughs> i cannot either <laughs> i think i'm starting to figure out the mystery of why the pirates, <laughs> pirates are so who bad is on the pirates starting rotation <laughs> in that help this is now a call-in show ladies and gentlemen <laughs> yeah like please tell us who is on the pirates <laughs> pirate starting staff we need we need the pirates roster resource stat. This is the level that we're at now. Oh, oh Lord, have mercy! Oh my God, Chad Cull is their number three starter. Oh, oh my, Chad Cull. I I'm only aware of him because he went to University of Delaware. Um, he's like one of the only University of Delaware products to ever make the major leagues. And the fact that, and he was, and he was like in my, like he was drafted in 2013, which was like my senior year, my graduating class. So like, he has a special place in my heart, but like, but a, you know, a rotation place and a major league rotation. Exactly. (laughs) A rotation stalwart. He is not. So I, the fact that he is their number three starter is incredible. So who's number one? Tyler Anderson is their number one starter. Like this, hmm. this, this, this Wait, Chasen Shreve is on the Pirates. Chasen Shreve is indeed on the Pirates <laughs> and like on the major league staff. Like this rotation, Ooh. Tyler Anderson, Ta- Chase DeYoung, Chad Cole, Will Crow, and JD Brubaker. Okay, at least two of those names are completely. Yeah, like up. this sounds made up. I'm not sure that these guys, I know who Chad Cole is. I've seen him. IRL. So I know he's a real guy, but I don't know who these other people are. What's a Will Crow? (laughs) (laughs) I like. Well, we do face the pirates right before the All Star break and then right after the All Star break. I, oh Lord. So two of these, so Cole is homegrown. He was, he was drafted by the pirates. Um, and as is that guy, Brubaker, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing his name right. I apologize if I'm not. Um, they're both prospects. They were both homegrown, um, but the others are not. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Oh, wow. Okay. Looking at the pirates are also Trevor is Cahill. Me dizzy. Well, he's on the I mean, IL, let's not but... forget that Philip Evans is a starter uh, it, like on the Pittsburgh Pirates. Poor Philip Evans. Did he get seriously hurt like last year? He did get seriously hurt last year, but he is alive now and he is their starting left fielder. Left fielder? Correct. (laughs) Wasn't he like a third baseman? Correct. Wow. Oh, Pirates, honey, what is you doing? <laughs> they have like two good players. They're I mean, Adam Frazier's million dollars really on an player. entire baseball team. That's what they're it's, doing. I am <laughs> I I am flummoxed. I recognize like like maybe four of these names other than Chad Cole on this entire roster. Adam Frazier's oh, one ben of them. Ben Gamble, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. Gregory Polanco, starting right fielder Gregory Polanco. Gregory Polanco. That Gregory is. Polanco is still playing baseball. Yes, and he is the starting right in the year of our Lord, twenty twenty one. Yes, correct. <laughs> oh, Colin Moran. Oh my God. Oh, they've claimed. Oh my God. There's some like remembering some guys here. Like at one point, they claimed um, Wilmer Defoe off waivers. Oh wow. <laughs> oh, this is like okay. Anyway, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna stop before I go too deep. <laughs> Yeah, this is just the so let's just forget about the pirates. That's that's the abyss right there. I'm sorry, pirates fans. That's rough. Anyway, like even all the Mets at their most yeah. dead or not that that bad. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. So things with the Mets are not looking good at the moment. They they did really well against, you know, two really good teams in the Padres and the Cubs. You know, they took two out of three from the Padres. They took three out of four from the Cubs. That was really nice. But then they dropped three of four to the Nationals. They split a doubleheader with the Braves yesterday, are currently losing again, and have TBD pitching uh, tomorrow. So things are not not good. Um, Losing in division is not good. Yeah, like that's what like people when we were having the debate about like, oh, it's you're you're wild and out. It's way too early to call the season over. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but like also like, and they were like, but they beat the Padres and the Cubs, and I was like, I would have rather lost those games and won these games in division. (laughs) These are the games that matter more. They are they're a good team. The question is just if they can hold the pitching together to get through the tough stretches. And like, I'm not yet convinced that the answer is definitely no. Yeah. I mean, again, a lot hinges on how bad this Stroman injury is. A lot hinges on that. Yeah. Like one star. And and the other thing is this is the worst possible timing for it to. Yeah. Yeah, Cause they're playing a gajillion games. They have like 80 games the next three days. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, like, like you're already into the depths of like having to claim starting pitchers off waivers when ideally, if you're like in an ideal situation where, which the Mets like should have been in right now with all their starters healthy and like, you know, like Carrasco and Syndergaard should have been back by now. Neither are. So if you're in a situation where both of those guys are in your rotation and your other guys are healthy, then you're talking about this stretch of games and you're talking about Joey Lucchese making spot starts, Jordan Yamamoto making spot starts. Like that's the situation you should be in, in which case, yeah, the Mets are in very good shape, even though they have to play a million games in three days, but that's not the case right now. The case right now, is that you already have you're already past your pitching depth into like guys being acquired from outside the organization to make spot starts that is not a good situation and we also need the the offense to pick up the pace a little bit yeah Yeah. the bats are dead again It's, it's super awesome that they can win all the games where they score four runs so let's try to do more of that scoring four runs that seems to be a worthwhile goal that they have yet to reach for the last. I think they're like first or second in pitching and like second to last in run scored. And it's like, yeah, your pitching has been holding you together at this point, but now they're not. So, so pitching has gone guys, but you know, we're going to have, we got, look, we got McNeil back in the lineup. Conforto is coming back tomorrow. Unless in true Mets fashion, he does have COVID, which again, yes. That would be again, um, which would just be too much. I was going to say then, he did have COVID once already. Yes, he did. But it's, uh, we're talking about the Mets here and nothing yeah. is beyond. Them. Yeah, anything's possible. And so, you know, I mean, it's there's a lot of balls up in the air. It's just about how they fall now. It's like, like, you know, obviously this game right now, dire straits. Stroman exited the game early. You had Yenzi Diaz having to eat innings. He did not expect to have to do that today. He has given up a three spot in the third inning, but the Mets have scored zero runs. Like, it's they like, gotten a hit. Like, I just they have not gotten a hit. Because yeah, I saw McNeil get hit by a pitch, but I don't think. Nope. Yeah, no, they're being no, no they hit. They have not gotten a hit. They're being no That's hit great. at this time. Um, like, so, and if the Mets, Charlie Morton, like, come on, by Charlie Morton. And I mean, if the Mets get shut out again today, that'll be like the fourth time in like a week and a half that they've been shut out. Like they need to start hitting to stop. That needs to stop. And they're getting, like Maggie said, they're getting their starters back. They can't do the shit that they were doing in April again, because the pitching is not in a situation. Khalil Lee, who has never seen a fastball before. This this is Jeff McNeil who needs like, to swing the bat and get on base. Because in April they were the position players were healthy and nobody was hitting. They can't do that again because now because in, in April the pitching was good enough that they won a lot of like one nothing, two nothing, two to one games. 
there th- that's going to stop happening very quickly and they need to start the offense now that it's like you know getting to be mostly healthy needs to start doing its job like big time please well and then they had the excuses like oh we stopped it starts oh it's cold oh we had a snow out oh we had a rain out well guess what all those excuses are gone guys like what why aren't you hitting <laughs> i get it's hard i get it but you you gotta figure it out and like they got to the point where i mean like soon it's gonna be the regulars back in the lineup so they don't have much of an excuse but like the the bench mob stuff was fun while it lasted but when you play those guys every day for a month there comes a point where Billy McKinney does like with everyday play gets to be exposed. There comes a point yeah. where Jose Peraza gets to be exposed. And we're at that point now. <laughs> because defense is great and that's fine, but somebody's got to get a, like you could have Jose Peraza in the lineup if you had the rest of your regulars, but and they are getting the regulars back now, but if they're all not hitting, you can't afford to have Jose Peraza in the lineup. Yeah. It's just, so if they start hitting, I'll feel a lot better about all of our Life. pitchers being dead. But <laughs> I don't feel good about it at this present time. No, it um, feels like April all over again, just with everybody dead. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, I really hope Sherman's not super hurt. A lot rides on that. Oh, a lot and of my still feelings hope- ride on that. And you gotta hope Peterson doesn't turn into a pumpkin again. Yeah, there's also that. Like, Peterson's been really good in the past, like, few starts he's thrown. And that, as we can, as we can attest to, and as we have seen, has, is not always the case. And every once in a while, you get a big stinker from him. So. And it's like a couple in a row, too. It's not just, oh, oops, he had a rough night. Like, it's, it, it, it snowballs on him. Yeah, he's basically like he's kind of Steven Matzy. Like it's you you traded Steven Matz and now you just have Steven Matz. Which but is it's fine. cheaper Steven Matz and other uh pitchers in the minor leagues. So it's yep. great. It works. It works. Well, we have like Steven Matz and Sean Reed Foley now. And I mean they kind of yeah. turned that trade into Khalil Lee as well. Yes, by they did. flipping the other guy that they got in the trade. So I mean like yeah, Mike I'm not, Wazowski, we were calling Mike Wazowski. <laughs> I'm not I'm not I'm not ripping I'm not ripping the trade by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying that like David Peterson but yes, is, it is awfully Nazi. Is fine if that's like your fourth or your fifth starter, which it was the situation, you know, going into the year. And now he's like the two starter or something, whatever it is now. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, he's the three God. because. You, yeah, you still have Walker. Yeah, still have Walker. Okay. <laughs> anyway. For now. <sighs> um, so as I mentioned toward the top of the segment, um, more baseball wide, the checks for sticky stuff have begun in earnest. And it seems like they are checking everyone. Like it was rather comical because I know that Buster only made a big, you know, production out of Jacob deGrom is going to be the first guy checked. It's like, yes, Buster, because he's playing in the very first game where they're doing the checks. Um, so Jacob deGrom was indeed the very first pitcher checked, I think. Um, and yeah. like, it was like a big thing because it's like, it will, it really did look like the TSA at the airport. Like he had to take <laughs> off his hat and show them his hat. Like he, he joked, like, do you want me to undo my belt? Cause they were like looking all around his belt and like his glove, he had to hand it to them. Um, and, but, it, but they did that to the brace pitcher, like the very next half inning. So like, they seem like they're doing it to everyone. There's been video of them doing it to you Darvish and like everybody else. Although, um, I don't know if you saw what just happened in the Phillies game. I did not. Um, they already checked Scherzer. Okay. Yeah. And, and Scherzer was like, like he, and he was pissed. Yeah. But then Girardi called them for them to check him again in the what fourth the inning and Scherzer melted Damn. Oh my God. He was heated. All the video is so good. But it's like, you know, now you're going to get this gamesmanship because the Nationals are winning. So Girardi wants to throw Scherzer off his game. So he called for a check. Yeah. Which, so like, now it, you're going to get like. If this- you're a guy who that gets in your head, which Scherzer is, you know, Scherzer is an emotional guy on the mound. So, you know. 
<laughs> That's funny. Yeah, oh, um, uh, oh, here we go. Max Scherzer just struck out JT Real Muto to end the fifth and stared at Joe Girardi the whole way to the dugout. When Girardi walked out to say something, Max held up his glove and hat again, taunting him. Girardi was ejected. <laughs> <laughs> So oh, that's clearly something was going on between Scherzer and Girardi. But yeah, no, the uh, the video of him, what after Girardi asked it, like he was like, oh, and Davey Martinez is screaming like, this no, is what you're going to get. Thing. Oh, boy. I mean, this is like Scherzer's like, doing his on pants the on the mound. This is going to be a shit show because like this is not going to be an isolated incident like this. Like, no, I was going to say if it works, other people are going to do it. Like, who's to say Jordy doesn't do that to Jake next? Yeah, I mean, well, Jake's not going to lose his shit because Jake no, because he was totally chill about it. But so Jake was laughing when they checked him. Like, yeah. he was <laughs> like, like, okay, bro- what else do you want? <laughs> like, yeah, like you really think uh, I, I, after I mean, like after the parade of Mets players came out and tweeted that Jake's not using substances, I I felt pretty confident that he's not because they would look awfully stupid if he then got caught. So, um, I mean, I also believe that most baseball players are stupid enough to. That's publicly true. state that their favorite guy their favorite you know guy on their staff is not using substances but i also think that if jacob de were to use foreign substances you you literally would not physically be able to see his pitches they would just exist on another plane yeah like they would just disintegrate <laughs> as they approached the as they approached like the, the phantom plate. realm or the quantum realm or whatever. yeah yeah it would yeah. be like i mean like the, it would be like the new loki series like it would just create like an alternate yes. branch in the timeline like as the pitch is going it would just branch <laughs> off and they'd be like oh we've got a time variant here jacob de grom here comes the, here comes the time Keepers. <laughs> oh and man! into the TVA <laughs> for real. Like that's trying to catch the deviant Degrom. <laughs> that's what would happen, um, more or less. So I, yeah, I, and I think it was was it Tomas Nito who said one of the Mets players when they were defending him said like if he was using substances, you wouldn't even be able to foul a ball off him. Yeah, I think that was yeah. Nito. Yeah, which is true. Um, well, I think JD said they've even told them use it. So, cause we just want to see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Like how, how much more like elite can Ridiculous. you get? Yeah. Like, can you have a zero ERA for a full season challenge accepted? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a whole production. I don't know if they're going to make like this big, like stink about like doing it every inning to every pitcher for like, for the whole they rest didn't. of the season. Um, uh, Lindsay Adler tweeted that they didn't check Cole in the first inning because it's supposed to be random. So yeah. they think they didn't get Cole until like the third inning. Okay. Okay. I mean, yeah, like, like they're not supposed to, I mean, they know it's coming, but they're not supposed to know exactly when it's coming. Otherwise it kind of defeats the purpose because then you could be like using the stuff and then the inning that, you know, they're checking, just don't use it for that inning. Um, so I think that, yeah, they're, it's supposed to be random. But, like, the first day, they seem to be checking every pitcher after the first inning, basically, like, on both teams. Um, Amazing how Major League Baseball managed to take something that was already pretty complicated and make it infinitely more convoluted and with all kinds of truly unnecessary layers and rules. and But, but not all the rules. There's still a lot of very very gray it's just amazing how they bring all of these undesirable qualities of policy into one one beautiful place that is mlb in a nutshell yeah well it's pretty incredible they like ironed out what do they do if they catch somebody mid-game like do they get tossed yeah i think they get ejected from the game and then they get suspended they can't keep letting them pitch in the game. That would kind of defeat yeah. the purpose, would it not? Oh, we know That'd you're cheating. Carry though. on. <laughs> oh, wait, what happened? You're in big trouble. Oh, yeah. my man. Oh, did they show him? Is he with the team? Yeah, he was cheering. I think because maybe they just got their first hit. Oh. Or they could rule it an error, which is quite... Quite possible. Wait, was that who was that batting? Who did they? Did somebody bunch? 
Oh, it was Eikhoff. Oh, that's why JD was cheering. Wait, it was Eikhoff. Eikhoff is hitting. Why? Um, Peterson hit earlier in the game. Um, oh, it was a swinging bun. Good lord. We're yeah. at the point where multiple pitchers have already hit in this game. Yeah, Peterson and no Eikhoff. Uh, things are going <laughs> great, folks. Yeah, if that was their Wait, first if he was hit, bunting, I don't know if they because they had another. If he was bunting, is because they had oh, already JD, had another. That's got to be a gift. Somebody gift JD, please. I know this isn't airing until tomorrow, but please. I guess because like VR and Nito are probably both unavailable, so you're playing yeah. like two dudes short on the bench. They cool. are, they sent Drury down. They sent Drury down, so things are going great. So I guess um, they only have Peraza, really. Mazika. Oh, and Mazika. Then you can't use him. And I guess if you're in a bunt situation, you for a you walk-off a situation. Yeah, cool. gotta save, gotta save Mazika for the walk-off. Um, yeah, all right, obviously. That's, that's going great. Um, <laughs> so that's where we are in Mets land. That's where we are. Um, yeah, I mean, so, the Mets do have Alonzo on the bench right now. Yes. That's probably... They're probably saving him for saving like, him, the next yeah. spot. Um, Still, if if you had a player on base and this was the first time they've had a base runner in a long time, then I would have taken that moment. But let's play alert that Big Neil grounded out in the inning. So they may have gotten their first hit, which was Jared Eichhoff, but awesome, no dice. Um, so the other, um, just the other quick like baseball wide story I wanted to mention before we move on to answering the email that we got this week um, is the um, the minor league situation is ongoing. Um, and I think we mentioned this like in an earlier pod, like maybe a few weeks ago, um, we talked about the how the minor leaguers are, you know, not being treated well by their teams, shockingly enough. Um, and that is continuing. Um, so you know, um, Mark and uh, Baseball Prospectus, he wrote a really awesome piece that I'll link um, in the show notes and such like um, and in the tweets um, about the current uh, minor league baseball situation. Uh, the title of it is Minor League Players Can't Afford Housing Even With a Raise. Um, and it's gotten to the point where like there will be like regular rumors about minor leaguers like sleeping in their cars and things like that because the teams like won't pay for their housing and they can't afford it on their own. So that's awesome. Um, and by awesome, I mean, really, really terrible. Um, capitalism, it's the best. It's working yeah. so great. Oh yeah. Here's the story from, cause Mark talks about it in the piece. Here's the story from, uh, from players sleeping in their cars. It was the Bowie Bay Sox, which are an Orioles minor league affiliate. We've just been told that multiple players on the Bowie Bay Sox are considering sleeping in their cars beginning tomorrow night. The Bay Sox are the double A affiliate of the Baltimore Orioles. We're, t- we're told that members of the Bay Sox will receive about $900 after taxes for their entire two week homestand and are on their own for housing beginning tomorrow at 11 AM. We're told that players simply cannot afford to spend roughly eight, 80% of their paycheck on the team hotel. According to one player, quote, we don't know what to do. So that's like really not good. Um, I, I know that like that Bowie Bay Sox situation ended up getting resolved. I can't remember. There was some sort of technicality and like, obviously that, that got a lot of attention. And so like they, you know, real quick moved to rectify that. Um, and someone had contacted the Bowie Bay Sox like GM or something. Um, and they issued a quote and then there was like, they, they fixed it at least with some temporary situation. But the problem is, is that like, usually a lot of minor leaguers rely on host families to house them. And MLB got rid of that during COVID because, you know, for safety reasons, but then like, they don't give them an alternative for that. So it's like, what are they supposed to do? After not getting paid all of last year either. Like. Because they didn't play last year. So now it's like they're already, you know, scrambling after that. Now they have. Now you're putting them in, in a tough spot again. Like they're just abusing these poor kids at this point. And there have also been like pictures of like the quote meals that a lot the of the minor leaders yeah. are getting. And it's like fire fest level shit. Like the type of stuff that's I like genuinely thought one of the pictures was a fire fest photo. It like, looked the I same. It was like two it sad did. two sad pieces of cheese on a sandwich. It literally looked like the fire fest thing, but it was a minor league lunch. 
according to the AUs, they have fired that contractor, but we'll see. Yeah. So, like, this is just, like, an ongoing story that occasionally, like, something something will get written about it to bring attention to the situation. Like, Mark will write this piece or, like, somebody else will write something. But, like, this never stops happening. It's, like, continuously an issue that minor leaguers do not get paid a living wage. Just pay your minor leaguers a living wage, for God's sake. Like, please, like... We will keep yelling about this into the void occasionally because it keeps being a problem then and it doesn't it's, and it hasn't changed and much. It's still such a tiny percentage of the money these teams make. And I think like you the, the money that they even spend on like you know biometrics and you know a whole new analytics department, which are good things and they should be putting money into those things. But like how many minor leaguers could you feed? for a season on that money a lot yeah it's just the least they could do the literal least they could do yeah and yeah. i mean mark mark calculates it in the piece and writes it would cost about six million dollars per team to pay minor leaguers a fifty thousand dollar salary and provide them with housing six million dollars per team that is the cost of like a low tier it's like agent. a jonathan vilar yeah like yeah. approximately might one. Less. Yeah, I mean Jonathan VR made only like I think the Mets only signed him for like a million dollars. He's been a bargain. Okay, but Close um, Fine. but you know, like <laughs> a guy like that, like Kevin Pillar, yeah. I think is gonna make like five million dollars next year if they exercise his option. I think so. It's like one Kevin Pillar. Like, are you serious? Like <laughs> to to a, pay them fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, we've talked about this. Is you can also get a competitive advantage if you have healthy ball players who like haven't slept in their cars. Yeah, the well, Mets well, know we'll all have too a well. Neck. Yeah, the Mets know all too well what happens when your players like sleep funny and like and Miguel don't- Castro, <laughs> Miguel Castro, and like and the, the Mets have had like multiple guys who've had like back issues. Like I remember at one point, like Stephen Matz with like missed a few starts because his back hurt because he slept on a weird like a weird mattress. It's like how much like major leaguers have no excuse for that. It's like you make a major league salary by a Tempur Pedic, <laughs> <laughs> for God's sake. But like yeah, it it's very simple to pay your minor leaguers enough to just like have a quality of life. And then maybe they can perform up to their best ability as athletes, like nutrition, what a novel idea, sleep, yeah, and just for like their own mental health too. Like I can't imagine not knowing where you're sleeping that night is good for your mental health. Right. Or I remember like, when oh. like the Mets had to be like, basically forced against a wall to pay for Dominic Smith's CPAP machine. Like, are we serious with this stuff? Well, that was the well ponds, but... Yeah, but still, like, that is not... That's not an isolated, like, way of thinking among these franchises. Like... Yeah, look at the difference that made for him, too. Huge difference. Huge difference. Like, yeah, it's just... It's very sad, um, and minor leaguers deserve to get paid a living wage. That that's we don't it. love it, folks. Thank you for coming to our TED talk. Um, but yeah, uh, so we haven't answered emails on the show in a while, so I would like to do that um, in a segment we call the Seventh Inning Stretch, where we answer your correspondence. Um, so Tom Johnson sent us an email um, a few days ago and said, greetings, Apato. I posed a similar question to Jeff and I think Steve Saipa back in 2014, um, only with David Wright as the player being traded. But the situation is, is that you are the GM of the Mets and you've been given some clairvoyancy. You'll have to, and he says in parentheses, you have to suspend some belief for this exercise. And your vision <laughs> shows a team that has five players you can trade for that will help the Mets reach the World mm-hmm. Series four times in the next eight years your vision does not show you the outcome of any of the world series appearances the catch is to get the five players you have to include jacob de in the deal so do you make the trade so basically is there any circumstance in which you would trade jacob de so you basically have like a 50 percent shot at winning the world series in the next eight years so if you make it four out of eight years yeah so basically right. the idea is like you trade jacob de 
but you get five players that'll guarantee you make the World Series four times in the next eight years. They, it doesn't guarantee that you win, but just that you'll make it there four times in the next well, eight the years. odds of four appearances. Yeah, you would think you would win at least one. Yeah. It certainly has good. to be part of the equation. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, like, it almost distills down to, like, would you give up Jacob DeGrom to get a World Series? Look, I saw the Rangers have the best goalie in the planet. Like, best goalie in all of, you know, one of the best goalies in all of history. They made the playoffs every year for, like, a good, like, 12 years. And they made the World Series at the Stanley Cup once and lost. So having the best at something doesn't guarantee you anything, but I love Jake too much. (laughs) It's hard. It is. Like, I mean, look at the Angels with Mike Trout in Shohei Otani. Like, yeah, like you have two of the best. historic. You have two of the best players like ever to play the game. I mean, Mike Trout is the best player to ever play the game. And Shohei Otani is is a completely unique player. Like the only like true two-way player since like Ruth. And like they don't have shit to show for it because they haven't supported them with real players. So having the literal like best pitcher in the game, I don't... I don't know if that guarantees you anything. But I mean, here's the thing. I've been thinking about this since Allison's shared it with us. And ultimately, I think, do you know who would agree to that? Who would think that that would be the right trade to make? Jacob deGrom would, because he is the most competitive person on the planet. And he would think you were a complete idiot if you wouldn't trade to get the win. That's... That's what I feel like. I think you have to make that trade because Jacob deGrom would lose respect for you if you didn't. True. <laughs> and here's I don't want to lose Jake. And here's the calculus. And here's the calculus you have to make, right? Is like what what brings me mo- more joy? And I'm trying and I'm thinking back at 20, 2015 here, which is like an actual thing that happened and not theoretical with, cause they were in the world series that year. And I mean, Jake was on that team. So I'm trying to like isolate him from the rest of the experience. Right. Like what brings me more joy watching a Jacob deGrom start, which is an extremely joyful experience or it's experiencing my team in the world series. I, I think it's the latter. I'm sorry. Like, obviously, the ultimate pinnacle of joy would be Jacob deGrom pitching in a World Series, which we did, you know, in 2015. We were lucky enough. Um, But it's, like, I think if I had to choose one or the other, even though watching Jake pitch brings me a great amount of joy, like, the pinnacle as a baseball fan is is winning a ring. And it's what, what you will do to get that. You should be willing to do basically anything. And this is this is basically anything is <laughs> like trading your very best player, like potentially might end up being the best player in the history of the franchise when all is said and done. Like I think it's some like monkey. This thought exercise in a vacuum, that's the correct answer. But looking at the Mets history, like this is a Mets exercise. And they blew David Wright, they blew Mike Piazza. They like they're they're both you know in the more recent years they've won nothing with you know these you know the players that you love and you want to see win something and you don't want Jake you don't want to repeat that same mistake with Jake Aww. so there's no are we clairvoyant enough to say you know in the like Loki. If we like branch off, is there like a deviant Jake where we get to the World Series with Jake? Like, are we clairvoyant enough to see there's another option where maybe we get to like one World Series with Jake and then four without him? I mean, in theory, you're not allowed to negotiate the thought exercise. (laughs) Yeah, you know, you're not. And Tom's not even here to defend but himself. there's another side of the coin here. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. Like, you're talking about, like, 
you know, they've wasted or they wasted the prime of these amazing players' careers. And yes, by not winning anything. But And yes. But I mean, on one hand, like, I think we keep forgetting that in this thought exercise, we're getting five players. So like, but there's, are they, they, but I won't love them as much as I, I know you won't. Work. I know. I know. I know we won't, but it will be five players that will help us potentially win a world series. And then they'll become, you know, Mets legends in their own right. Because any, any player, regardless of how long he's been on the team that helps the Mets win the world series is an auto legend at this point, given how few times they've won. Like think about the fact that like, I mean, Cespedes is kind of his own deal because he like re-signed with the Mets after, um, but like, think about somebody like Juan Uribe or Kelly Johnson, who like, they just, they were rental players who they traded for and they weren't even like, you know, they were like bench players, but they're still like Mets legends kind of like, you know, like, yeah. Uh, cult heroes because they were a part of that team and they helped that team get to the world series. But still, you know, there's always going to be that nagging feeling in the back. Like there is with David, right? Like, you know, even if the Mets win now, I'll still be, I'll always be forever pissed at the Royals because David Wright does not have his ring. I'll be forever pissed at the Braves because Mike Piazza does not have his ring. So, yeah, I'll be happy for whatever team that is, the 2024 New York Mets. I'll love them with my whole heart and I'll celebrate, but I'll still be pissed that Jacob DeGrom was not part of it. And that you couldn't figure out a way to win with him. Yeah. Like, that just seems like another failure on the Mets part. Like, you couldn't build the team around him. Like, you couldn't around David Wright. Yeah. Pretty much. So, yeah. So, I mean, the correct answer is to trade him. But it's still, there would always be that regret, I think. I agree. It'd be painful, for sure. It'd be painful. Um, Unless Jake wins somewhere else, but I don't know. But um, yeah, I mean, preferably they win with Jake, which is another reason why you can't punt this season, even if the situation looks dire. They have to do everything they can because they're in first place as they near, you know, the all-star break. They're in first place and they need to do everything they can to make the playoffs because who knows what happens once you get there. And this might be your last chance to get Jacob DeGrom a ring. So you have to freaking do it. I'm sorry. Um, All right. Uh, Even though the Mets are broken and things are sad, we will end the show on a happy note with walk-off wins where each of us talks about something that is making us happy this week, baseball related or otherwise. Maggie Wiggin, what is your walk-off win for this week? Um, So this weekend we drove up to my mom's house in Connecticut, which is always a good time because like. we all love my mom. My mom's like, was like a really good grandma kind of mom, like really, really nails all that stuff. Um, and like one thing that we were sort of half thinking about was like maybe swinging by her. Um, she's like a little lake beach in her neighborhood that we go, that we've gone to. Um, but I was a little nervous because, um, my son who's, he's six, almost seven. He's been really like, fussy about going about like playing in water lately like for the last year or so um which kind of came out of nowhere because he was um like this this little water bug when he was little so you know but I didn't I didn't push he didn't really want to do it but so I didn't push and then we were I was gonna go take Ellie just me and he was like I could go play in the sand but I don't want to go in the water um and no problem we got there. It was empty. It always is. I don't understand why it was 82 degrees and gloriously sunny. And it's, they got little shady spots. It's beautiful. Um, and we were there 30 seconds and this boy had stripped down to his underwear and run into the water and was like, was like swimming and went out in the canoe and like, just had a wonderful time. And then, so of course, we all had a wonderful time. And like I said, it was a gorgeous day. It was like 82 degrees. Um, and then after we swam around for a couple hours, we went back to mom's house and where she had made like 
barbecue chicken and um, fresh strawberry shortcakes for dessert because I'd been so depressed about a very bad Momofuku milk bar strawberry shortcake situation. And so she made me fresh strawberry shortcake, like the legit stuff. And it was so good. So it was Mm. just like a plus weekend, but especially like on the beach with my kids having like the best beach day that I in no way expected would come. So it was like a wonderful surprise, a beautiful day. And then there was strawberry shortcake. And I, I mean, I just, it doesn't get any better than that. Strawberry That's shortcake. That's like the perfect summer day. Yeah. That sounds awesome. I'm like yes. sighing just thinking. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Yes. <laughs> um, Linda Servich, what is your walk-off win for this week? My walk-off win, I mean, it hasn't happened yet, but our summer reading opener is on Saturday and I'm having animals come. Yay! And these, these are the same people that I snuggled the kangaroo with last time. Um, but I, th- I don't know if they're bringing the kangaroo. He probably grew up because that was 20 in 2019. So he's probably not a baby anymore. And you can't probably can't snuggle full-grown kangaroo, which is kind of upsetting. Um you could try. I can't. I could <laughs> see. <laughs> Can I just but, crawl uh, into your pouch and take a nap? <laughs> yeah. You are not and then can to... you like hop around? <laughs> so I know they're bringing goats and, and you know, it's um, tails and tails is our summer reading theme. So they're bringing the tortoise and the hare. Um so they're bringing a real tortoise and a hare who are friends. They're, um, they, they have to be kept together because then they get very upset if they get separated, which is really super cute. That's adorable. And um, animals that get lonely is one of my favorite things. I know. I love when they like snuggle with each other. It's so cute. So I mean, I hope it's a beautiful day on Saturday. And, you know, this is one of our first like live programs that we've done in a good like year. So I'm hoping everything goes well. I hope it's a nice, beautiful, sunny day so the animals can be outside as Maddie is clawing at my back while I'm talking about animals. <laughs> um, like, I don't know if you could hear her. She um, senses that you're you're giving animals emotional attention that are not her. That's not her. Yeah, she's probably very jealous right now. And um, But yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing people again. And, you know, seeing people without masks again, because it's going to be outside. Um, so it's kind of weird, like, having to readjust, like, seeing faces again. It's like, oh, wait, I do know you. Like, I recognize you now. Um, and like, we have stuff to my face. Like, yeah. Wash it and put makeup on it. Yeah. <laughs> and we actually got a lot of really nice donations from a lot of um a lot of the uh, businesses in town. So it was just nice that, you know, people were willing to help us. And I hope, you know, we get a lot of people who want to read this summer. So, and everybody should sign up for their summer reading at their local library. That's just going to be a plug because I'm sure those librarians have been working really hard because it's always a busy time of year. So if you have kids, please take them to the local library and sign them up for summer reading. (laughs) Libraries are air conditioned and free. Yes. And they if you have children, staff. there is no place better in the world. Air conditioned and free. It's and they beautiful. probably have cool it's programs going thing. on. Just, yes. you know, take a look. You'll be surprised at what's going on at your local library. Like, we have a lot of, I have more animals coming um, in July. And That's they amazing. tailored a program called Magical Beasts and Where to Find Them, which was I, which I thought was really cool. So it's going to be all, like, animals that you find in, in stories. Like, a little, they have a bearded dragon, an owl. I'm going to have to find out more details about this because we are definitely looking for summer activities and you are not that far a drive for us. No, definitely. I would love to see you guys. So, and you get a goodie bag if you sign up. Like I got, I got swag for you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Something's percolating here. Okay. (laughs) We'll talk off air. (laughs) Yes. All right. So that's my walk off one, but everybody, yeah libraries are fun and i hope support your local library and i hope i I get to snuggle more animals on saturday (laughs) (laughs) amazing 
I I just have to read this tweet on air and aside before I get to my walk-off win because we were talking about Max the Max Scherzer situation before. Um, and John Taylor tweeted, Why would you intentionally piss off Max Scherzer, a man whose bones are made out of spite and fury? <laughs> Which is a completely accurate <laughs> description yeah. of Max Scherzer. Anyway, I think he could probably kill me with his thoughts. Yeah, he probably could. Like, I would drop dead in the street if he looked at me and was mad. Um, so this is like my walk off win is like somewhat related, uh, which is that um, Kellyanne came down to visit Michael and I in D.C. Um, and we went to three out of the four of the Mets Nats games this weekend. And it was a lot of fun. Um, obviously, the Mets only won one of them, <laughs> but at least we got to see the one game the Mets did win. And it was, you know, like to date the best game that Francisco Lindor has had in a Mets uniform. He had five, R- five RBIs and he had two home runs. And that was freaking awesome. Especially on a day when the Nats social media decided to tweet about how much better Trey Turner is than him. So that was like really fun. Um, and it was just overall a really fun weekend in DC. We got to go to politics and prose, which is the local bookstore. And obviously Kellyanne, like Linda being a librarian greatly enjoyed that. Um, So it was just a really, really pleasant weekend. Um, Got to sample a lot of the local food. We went to like a pizza place before um, the first game on Saturday and got brunch. Uh, I got a breakfast pizza and it was incredible. Um, Yeah, it was like a pizza with like egg and bacon bits on it. And it was amazing. Um, And yeah, so and all of this was to celebrate Kellyanne's birthday. So happy birthday, Kellyanne. I'm so glad that we got to spend it um, together in D.C., um, it was such a fun time. Uh, so that was really great. Um, so that's my walk-off win. Um, but yeah, that does it for the show this week. Hopefully the Mets will be slightly less broken the next time we have this discussion. Um, but in the meantime, you can go to amazingavenue.com, check out all of our fantastic content. We will have updates for you the second they happen on various Mets ailments. Um, but we will also have analysis, game recaps, morning news posts every morning for you guys. So check all of that out. You can follow Amazing Avenue on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. You can follow the show on Twitter at a pot of their own. You can follow each of us on Twitter. I am at Petite PhD. Where are you, Linda? I'm Linda Surovich. And you, Maggie? At Maggie162. So you can follow the show and each of us on Twitter. You can also email the show. We answered an email on, on the pod uh, this week, um, and we should be doing that more. So please email us if you want us to answer a question on the show or talk about a specific topic. Please email us, own at gmail.com. You can also DM us on Twitter as well. Um, so yeah, you can contact us that way. Um, please rate and review the show and subscribe to it on your podcast app of choice. It really helps people find the show. The original intro and outro music Music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there is no crying in podcasting.